It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, an evening devotional. I'm so happy to be here. I'm Jonathan Malone, pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Hey, you should be. That's a fantastic church. And I'm Charlie Eastman. I am the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southborough. And it's great to be here and to talk to everybody. Yeah, it's good to see you, Charlie. How you doing? You as well. Yeah, thank you. It's good to be seen. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday and Wednesday have I used for people my, listening. Have I used my old, old Max phrase? Max was a parishioner I had at the uh, Burlington Congregational Church oh, okay. at UCC. And I would say, Max, how you doing? And he'd say, right side of the grass. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that a lot. It's good to be seen. Or I, yeah. I always say, like, well, I try to live life with one foot in the grave, the other foot on a banana peel. Hmm, yeah. I read that Just in a comic that. book somewhere. I'm not surprised. You sure it was a Mad magazine? That I'm sounds like a Mad. Thing. That, that that very well could be. Ah, mm-hmm. Mad. Are they? They're not around anymore, are they? Well, I'm sure they're online still. But whether okay. there's a print version, it's it's amazing to think when you and I were growing up, there were uh, you know a house would receive a stack of magazines in a week. It was the way we got oh, yeah. information and connected to the world. And we, uh, it's amazing we didn't fill every landfill available. Um, based on the amount of paper that came through my house alone, and I well, imagine yours. I, I think at least 50% of all homes in America have stacks of National Geographics in their basements waiting for that time when they're going to be worth right. something. Yeah, where did that come from? How did I, how did National Geographic become the Franklin Mint of magazines? That's just kind of that weird. That was a weird moment. This will be valuable someday. Right. By now. Because they're I saying maybe the articles will be relevant? I'm trying to read more uh, digitally, although the experience mm-hmm. is not as satisfying. Yeah, I still get I, I get a, a minimum amount of journals and art and magazines. But tell tell us one that people might actually want to support uh, since we brought it up. Well, Christian Century. Ah, you still get Christian. I Century. still get Christian Century, and I really nice. like that. They, I mean, mm-hmm. they they are certainly uh, a progressive leaning magazine. They are, but. But I, I really like them. And then I also get Harper's and The Atlantic. Oh, those are great. Yes, I currently they are. subscribe to Vanity Fair. Oh, they've been writing good stuff. Oh, really smart articles. I also have a Wired subscription because I did two years for six bucks and I wish I could cancel it. It's just. Yeah, I was not getting wired firing for Firing on all cylinders. Yeah. And then Smithsonian is the other one I got. Oh, nice. Smithsonian and paper, it's just I'm continually leaving the pages open and saying to my kids, you will read this article because it's just oh, too good. smart. I've read Smithsonian articles out loud to them. Nice. They're so good, and they, they make you proud to be an American. Wow. Well, really proud of your nation. Well, to know that this organization, the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. is still firing on all cylinders, still giving us a sense of joy and life and anything. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about how it feels to be yeah. proud in our nation or or not, or challenged by right. that in a minute. But um, how's how's things at East Greenwich? Things at East Greenwich are going well. Um, as we speak, or actually as well, as people listen to this, I am right now in the mountains in the Adirondacks. How, wait, wait a minute. How are we recording this, Jonathan? This is just the magic of technology. Charlie, I oh. appreciate you climbing into the Adirondacks to find me. It has um, been great. Uh, not quite the experience I read Bill Bryson's uh, Into the Woods. And no, I thought no, it would be he, that bad, but it's not. No, but I, I really applaud both the, the bear that you rode. That was really great that you mm. actually got a bear to let you go piggyback. Well, and then you know, the beaver that you've been using as a pillow. 
Uh, amazing, brilliant. Yeah, I uh, named I named the beaver Wayne after my intern. Oh, Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Biff is uh, for those who are asking. Thank you for all your notes about who Biff is. Uh, Biff is no longer with us uh, <gasps> as intern. <He's> oh. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was terrifying. Yeah, he moved on to uh, brighter and better things. He's now a greeter at Walmart. So, Biff, we oh, hope great. the best for you. Uh, wear that I'm, mask. I'm, yeah, wear your mask. I'm not looking for a new intern. But this mm. upcoming Sunday, the 28th, uh, the Reverend Nancy Forstum will be a guest preacher. Fantastic. Yeah, so I, and she always uh, just brings such a great word, uh, so I know it'll be a blessing for everyone. And, uh, you know, keep me and, and my family in prayers that we are in the Adirondacks. And we'll be, hopefully, hopefully by the time we're done, we would have climbed 11 mountains wow. and without any injury. Holy cow. Does the rest of your family hike as much as you do regularly? Uh, my boys do, yeah. And, and your, your lovely wife? Uh, she, she really loves nature from afar. Okay. And is she on this hike with you? No, no. Oh, okay. So okay. just three of the boys and myself. Got it. Okay, understood. It's important for families to recognize those things that we need to do together and then those things yeah. we need to do apart. That's right. That's, that's right. That's vital. Yeah, and the stuff I do is not for everyone, and I don't want people to be miserable, so I say don't come. That's right. It's <laughs> the same way I don't make my children play advanced squad leader with me. That's, you know, but they're wrong. Let's just be honest about that. Fine. Fine, I can admit that. Um, <laughs> How are so things at, for you, Charlie? Pilgrim Congregational Church, this is the week, the 28th, that we are shifting to our different schedule. So you're going to hear the live stream at 9.30 instead of at 11, and then recorded worship will come out after that. So um, we're, we're still connecting the same ways we were, but there's, there's some shifts. So uh, just be attentive to the church website. Also, we have opportunities for those who would like to um, read Scripture in the service, uh, we've got mm. opportunities for families to gather together and do that. So look for the sign-up sheet. Uh, you've probably already been contacted about it, but I want to have all the slots filled. There's only nine slots, and I want to get them all filled before the end of June so that we can just rest easy knowing who's doing what in the summertime. And also, our backpack drive is going great guns, so please get Excellent. on board and connected to backpacks. Uh, we need to finish that project in July, so we need to get busy now. Fantastic. Oh, here. good stuff happening. Good stuff. There is. The church is not closed. No. The church is deployed. There we go. There we go. And, and boy, um, do we need to be deployed in this day and age, don't we? <laughs> we certainly do. It's a time-honored uh, term. It doesn't relate only to the military. Right. Um, it, it, it certainly relates to those who are out doing the good work that the military have fought to protect, including exercising their rights to speak freely here mm. in this United States. We have freedom for religion. We have freedom from it. We have a lot of mm -hmm. other freedoms that we value. And uh, there's a lot of conversation going on and a lot of issues that churches can have a voice in if yeah. they choose to. Certainly people of faith can, but churches can as well. Well, let's talk racism. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Yeah, not to put too fine a point on it. We right. did address this topic earlier. We did right. talk about it a little bit. And, and I, kind of... I, I felt like we solved it, but I guess <laughs> we hadn't. <laughs> you know, that is precisely why we're here again. And um, I feel like it's time for us to share more resources with folks. Yeah. Um, time for us to talk about how we're addressing this issue in our own lives. Uh, to begin with, Jonathan, can we can we just lay a little ground rule? Is that all right? Yeah, please. How how much racism is okay? None. Oh, really? 
Well, none I, at all. Um, <laughs> I was trying to. Good. No, I can't. Hey, I can't even. My think brother, of a joke you about passed. It. Good, you passed. <laughs> um, because for for a while now, we've been hearing people say. Uh, of certain politicians that mm-hmm. we don't need to name, right. well, they're right. just saying what everyone else is thinking, which is an attempt by the established folks in control to say racism is just fine. It's okay to be racist. Right. Everybody's a little racist. And I certainly don't want to dispute that. Right. I think everyone in our society has the potential for some racism. Mm-hmm. But... I do not believe for a second that the Holy Spirit is meted out only to those of a certain shade or a certain language capability or economic ability. I do not believe for a second that when when Jesus said, take, eat this, all of you, um, that he meant just those folks of this particular color and not those that are under their boots. Um, I, I think we've right. got a real universal call as Christians to minister to everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Equally, with gifts of the Spirit and and with the Church's power and worship and everything. So can I can I offer a um, a theological term that I think will Please also do. help with our preferential option for the poor. Hmm. I love it. Yeah. That's Say a ter- more. That's a term that's used primarily in liberation theology amongst the Catholics. As though not just there, the Catholic. There's some other Catholic writings that actually talk about preferential option for the poor. That's um, right. So, but it, what it says is, you know, God loves all people, but the people God will go to first are those who are hurting most. Mm. Uh, which I they, wonder where I could find this in scripture. Perhaps uh, maybe something Jesus might have said uh, in the Beatitudes or something. Could that right? some of this? Blessed are the Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor, yeah. And if you, the, if you think about this, if you're a parent and you have two children standing before you and one is smiling and fine and the other one has a cut hand, where are you going to go first? Hmm. Right? I hope, I hope you'll address the cut hand Let's as a hope parent. so, right? So the phrase, and I'm going to, I know that, you know, that the phrase Black Lives Matter comes out of that same sense of preferential option for the poor, preferential mm-hmm. treatment for the poor. And, yeah, it doesn't and, just relate to economics in this sense. Right, right. And, and I know that many people, they, you know, they hear Black Lives Matter and they say, of course, we get it, we're with you. But I, I still encounter people in East Greenwich, not, some, some at the church, but some in the community who respond, who say, I don't understand that, or all lives matter. And, <sighs> So I, I know this, this really grates Charlie the wrong way. Uh, the nuance is being missed. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and so I, 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 that's why I just want to put it out there. Yeah. Yes. I'm, all I'm going to get the I'm going to get the messaging wrong. But there's a there's a now famous meme going around that that says Black Lives Matter. We never said all lives didn't matter. We never said blue lives didn't matter. We never said white lives didn't matter because we know they matter. Everybody does. But again, now I'm paraphrasing mm. big time. When society keeps demonstrating that it's okay to treat a black life like garbage, right? then we're not there yet. And until black lives matter, mm-hmm. all lives do not matter. Right. That's, that's logic, folks. That's way... You can follow it in English. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, what's happening is we see the two kids, one has a cut hand, the other one doesn't, and we go to the one that doesn't have the cut hand and say, hey, you okay? You want some ice cream? And yeah. the person with the cut hand like, hey, we'll get to you eventually. 
That's the way. That's the way black, brown people have been treated in America since just about the beginning of who we are as a nation. And it's been by both individuals and institutions. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's why I just wanted to just put that out there. Um, Because I, like I said, I know we hope that all people when they that people when they hear the phrase "Black Lives Matter" think, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." But I, it's still not everyone is on the same page with that. Here's here's another one. Here's another one. White privilege. People get really ticked off about that because everybody assumes that they made their whole life out of their own hands, as if the Holy Spirit or God didn't have any interaction at all, as if luck didn't play a role, mm. as if they didn't have challenges that a lot of folks have when they come from the black community. You, you even so, have an intern. You know? You got I Wayne over there intern. doing doing. Being able coffee. to afford Wayne is just in, an incredible boon for me. Actually, he's here for free. Yeah, I was like, interns. he's writing um, copy for you, he's doing all but the... But the <laughs> phrase I, I've heard and gotten to understand better is, White privilege doesn't mean that your life isn't hard. Mm. White privilege doesn't mean that you haven't had hardship. It simply means that the color of your skin hasn't been one of them. (laughs) That's not on your list of things that have hindered you the way it has black folks in terms of access to justice and access to resources and access to to fair process. So it's it's just, you know... Yeah, Charlie, have you ever been pulled over by a police officer? I have. Yeah, I'm one of those lead-footed pastors that Mm -hmm. sometimes thinks, well, there's no one else on the road, and I'm being safe. Ha, ha, ha. I know best. And my judgment is not always perfect. And occasionally, an officer of the law has helped me see the error of my ways. That, in fact, I am endangering Mm. myself and others, potentially, that I haven't even seen. What if someone was walking down the side of the road in the darkness that I couldn't see? Yeah. And my high rate of speed, heaven forbid, carried me into them. So in um, those moments, were you ever afraid for your life? Yeah, no. Um, I, I was maybe ner- nervous and, and mm-hmm. stuttering because I'd been caught and my pride is wounded and I'm, right. I'm feeling idiotic and I should know better. But no, never for a second did I think this, this discussion, no matter what form it took, Right. Is going to lead me to, to my demise. Same for me. The many, many times I've been pulled over. The huh? multiple times I've been <laughs> pulled over. Excuse um, me. I've never felt afraid. Hmm. That's white privilege. Yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah. Because, I mean, the officer doesn't know me from anyone else. They don't know who right. I am. They don't know my history. They just see a white guy driving a car. Yeah, and and with your hair right now, I mean, they could they should should be thinking this could be a Unabomber type yeah. guy. That yeah, I'm my hair is. <laughs> Sorry, that was a cheap. No, shot. well, what you don't know is it's actually I store things in my hair now: snacks. Oh, lovely pencils. Okay, notepad, coffee maker. Well, everybody's got to have their system, man. Everybody's <laughs> got to have their system. Um, no, yeah, I've I've never felt at peril that way. I, I took a walk. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, um, it was kind of a long day, and I was waiting for the peace vigil to start. And so I decided to take a walk through Southborough. And I walked down Main Street and mm-hmm. took a right on a street called um, called Sears Road. And I walked up Sears Road, and people were working in their yards. 
and they waved to yeah. me. You know, some people, some of those people that waved to me were white. Some mm-hmm. had different skin tones. Um, they had, I know everybody thinks Southboro is just a white town. It's, it's not exclusively white. Okay. Um, their dogs were in the yards, but people waved to me. Some called out, hi. I passed a fellow walker on the road and they greeted me and said, nice day and on and on. And I, I would like to think that any of my black brothers and sisters could have walked down that road without having a, a patrol car pull up beside them and ask them, do you live here? Do you right. belong here? But the fact is, it is white privilege for me to mm-hmm. be able to go most anywhere I want in the world yeah. and have people accept me just because of what I look like. Right. Now, there's going to be people who have anecdotes that will speak differ, different to the reality we're sharing right now. Sure. So there, part of what we all need to do is to try to unpack the nuance of these phrases mm. and to understand the nuance, but then also to not... Um, over-individualize our own experience into them. So to say, well, I've never had that experience, therefore it must not be true. Yeah, right. Um, you know, or I've had this negative experience, therefore white privilege is not true. For years when we were talking about um, how to do open and affirming or welcoming and affirming, people mm. would share these apocryphal um, restroom incidents that, well, I was once propositioned in a restroom and I will never forget it. And so... Gay people are all predators, which right, which is weird. <laughs> why is yeah. that? Why is that how you hold up a standard of behavior for folks? Uh, how do, how does that allow you to paint this universal brush around? Right. And that's one of the dangers with all these discussions. I completely agree, Jonathan. You're so right. Yeah. So and that goes with the phrase now that we're hearing: uh, defund the police. Oh boy, there's another hot button one. Yeah, and it's it's a phrase that really requires a lot of nuance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the problem, part of the challenge is when if you're at a rally, which we've both been at rallies and mm-hmm. such, you can't really say, when I say defund the police, what I mean is, and then to go through a whole list of everything because let's it'll move take a resources while. from over yeah. <laughs> overfunded police forces where where they might exist. Not all police forces have to be overfunded, but could mm. be. And let's move those resources into mental health or, right. or proactive social youth services. programs, social services. Let's not assume just because we have a hammer in our hand that everything is a nail. Let's, right. let's admit that maybe sometimes we need a wrench or some other tool. So this is just an attempt to say where too much money has been spent, where else right. could it be spent? Now, please do not expect that your local police force is going to thank you for taking away their funding. <laughs> they most certainly <laughs> will not, because right. so many police officers are working so hard. They put in overtime. They mm-hmm. want to do more and more to provide for their families, and they need those funds to do the things that they want to do and, and become. Right. Additionally, we've had a kind of a strain in our system lately that says that in the United States, if you're not listening to this from the United States, there's, there's this really strange interpretation of the Constitution uh, or, or, or a real active interpretation of the Constitution, let me say, that mm-hmm. says that, that we need to be able to defend ourselves from the government that that was part of the constitutional intention, that we would not be tyrannized any longer as colonists. So we always need to be able to defend ourselves from our government. Well, what does the government hear when it hears that phrase? 
well, they're, they're militarying up, so we must do the same. And so you have this kind of arms war of, mm-hmm. of local folks who think they need an automatic rifle to defend themselves against the police who have automatic rifles. Well, then where does it end? Who's right. got the biggest guns? Um, and, and it creates this, this weird logic in people's heads that they just need to arm up and up and up and up. Um, right. And, and so the police forces have felt like they're in this arms race, I think, for a long time. And that creates a strain. Right. That takes you out of where yeah. we're supposed to be. And, and there's a lot of other layers of, of the history. I, I think part of the point that Charlie and I are trying to make is that with these phrases that are being used and with the, the anger that's out there, you need to take time to really unpack it, mm. to listen, to understand. Absolutely. Now, as, as pastors, we, of course, have to ask ourselves, where is God in this? <laughs> Absolutely. Right? Yeah, what kind of arms race would God prefer? For these arms. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just, just showed Welcome Charlie my Welcome to the arms. gun show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh, I, you know, I, I think part of, you know, by, by having, by serving churches or being part of a community, God is in that place of saying, please listen to each other, talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we have, you know, churches are one of those places where we actually can take the time to unpack the nuance of the phrases. Mm-hmm. Where we can say, when, when you see Black Lives Matter, I want to make sure you understand where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. Let me explain the context. Um, or when you see defund the police, let me explain the context. Yeah. Um, and where that's coming from, because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's if, if that's getting out there as much as we would like. Yeah, I, and I, I think people also are are forgetting that churches were always meant to have a voice in in the world. Mm. We were always meant to to prescribe uh, out to the world that that isn't even a part of our church to say to them, we have an opinion and it's rooted in faith. Yeah. And our, our faith stances on these things, I mean, I just return to the Beatitudes, because we mentioned mm-hmm. it, and it's something a lot of people know. Um, reading the Luke version, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom mm. of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, you will yeah. be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, you will laugh. I mean, folks, those, <laughs> look at the people around you who are suffering the most and figure out how to help them. In the name of God, do this. If you keep focusing on the people in power for for who you're supposed to be serving and helping, your theology has broken down at the beatitude level. Charlie, I think you you said it perfectly. All right. I don't think we need to add, yeah. I hope find those who are suffering. Luke did, and then and then you expounded upon it. You're a good preacher. (laughs) Well, sometimes we do let that happen at our at our kitchen table, spirituality. Yeah, sometimes. So I think, but I think that's a good place to. Sounds good to, to me. Say yeah, yeah. It, but if you wonder I, why we're talking about these things, that is why, because this is where our yeah. lives are at, and Jonathan and I want our lives infused with our faith. It's yeah. it's a it's a feedback loop that that is incredibly powerful for us, and it helps us set our moral course in the world, and and helps us serve God's children. And yeah, all of them. So I have a prayer from a Spanish Carmelite. 
Oh, the Carmelites. They, I, every time I hear about the Carmelites, I get hungry. I know. How can you not? Right? In, in English, <laughs> yeah. we have this strange association with the word caramel, which is oh, just lovely. It is so tasty. Caramel all um, the things. But the Spanish Carmelite and mystic named Teresa of Avila. Ah, Teresa. Yeah. She's so, so good. She is good. She's the, she, she's the Mary Oliver of her day. She, <laughs> you know, and she actually wrote that in one of her writings. She's like... <laughs> I am the Mary Oliver. I just want to be remembered as the Mary Oliver. Mary Oliver of my day. (laughs) But Therese, seriously, if you do like Mary Oliver, you might consider picking up. There's so many little slim devotionals with the writings of Teresa, and Teresa's one that you can dip into the river at any point and and be fed. Oh, it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Considered a doctor of the church in the Roman Catholic tradition, which is a big deal. So she lived from 1515 to 1582. So right through the Reformations as nice. well. Yeah, la- yeah, saints that got through the Reformation with their sainthood intact. Woo! Yeah, well done. Right? Yeah. Although, if you read some of her writings, she talks about how she had a vision, went to hell, and of course saw all the Lutherans there because right. well, they were Lutherans. You know, every saint operates in their time frame. and That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have this prayer from Teresa of Avila. So... Lovely. That's what I'll end. I assume we won't focus on the damnation of the Lutherans in this section you chose. Well, I won't out loud. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Unlike Jonathan, I have a fond love for my Lutheran brothers and sisters, so send any concern email to Pat... Uh, no, I'll leave that <laughs> Okay. All right. So uh, let's, let's... This is why I need an intern to keep me focused. That's right. Thanks, Pat. So yeah, I'll take your applications for new interns. All right just so you know. Let's, uh, let's pray. God, it really feels like the world's a mess. Like our nation is falling apart. And, and we want to respond. We want to respond in the way that's best. Help us to listen. Help us to really listen and to work towards understanding. Especially if if we're not in that place where we would understand, if we have a lighter complexion, if we would be considered white, help us to really listen. And may we have the courage to speak and to act and to help those who are hurting most. God, grant us wisdom, grant us courage not to leave our black brothers and sisters behind anymore. Help us when we falter. Give us a sense of renewed vigor when the news cycle moves on. Help us to care for them better than we ever have. From Teresa of Avila. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. No hands but yours. No feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion is to look out to the world. Yours are the feet with which Christ is to go about doing good. Yours are the hands with which Christ is to bless all people now. Amen. Right on, amen. Oh, we're using that in worship next week. I love it. Oh, good. Oh, I love that prayer. I was hoping that was going to be the one, and it was. And there it was. Hooray, (laughs) Teresa. 
Well, Charlie, I hope that your hike back out into the out of the wilderness and back to the civilization goes well. We're gonna take it a then. little slower, and I'm actually releasing Wayne the Beaver as my pillow. I think he needs a break, so I'm just gonna yeah. stay on the bear and get back. Well, bears can run up to 30 miles an hour, so I've, it shouldn't take you too long. I, it's surprising you would talk about that while you're in the Adirondacks, but bully for you. And good luck. <laughs> I I can't wait to see you again after all your hike, hiking is done on this lake. Well, thank you. All right. Peace, everyone. Bye.